You are listening to a service of morning prayer from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. The sermon will be delivered by the Right Reverend Fitzsimmons Allison, retired Bishop of South Carolina. that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. I hope you will not consider it presumptuous for me to say how glad it is for me to come home. Uh, How can I be home here in the Advent But my relationship with Advent goes so far back, ever since John Turner, and I doubt if there are many people here who could even remember John Turner, but I do very much, and Betty and Mabel too. And all the subsequent clergy you've had as rectors have been close personal friends. So to come back is a great blessing, one for which I'm duly grateful to you for making it possible for me to be here. My wife, Martha, asked me what I was going to preach about on Sunday. I said, repentance. She said, oh gosh, I wish you'd preach on something cheerful. I said, would a cheerful repentance do? She said, you can try, she said. Hence my subject of repentance. Recovering the true meaning of repentance. Next Sunday begins the season of Advent, in which the theme of repentance is a major one. We have lost any real sense of repentance because we have drowned the celebration of Advent with a secular cacophony of Christmas materialism beginning before Thanksgiving. The very name of this cathedral is Advent to remind us of our need to repent. I want to prepare us for repentance by recovering its true meaning. The first point is the fact of sin and the need to repent. As a Carolina fan, it's hard to me to admit that the best theologian in South Carolina is Dabo Dabo Sweeney, uh, Clemson's coach. Davo says, we don't have a race problem, we have a sin problem. I would add, we don't have a political problem, we have a sin problem. I believe a key to Dean Frank Limehouse's astonishing effectiveness in both South Carolina and here at the Advent in his ministry was that he knew that we will know no more of God's love than we see the need 
of God's love and, ex and experience the need for the love by the recognition of our sin. Sin is a condition of repentance, and repentance is the handle on the door to God's love. One of the saddest things I've heard recently is that a family came to the assisted clergyman in a church and asked him to take their father's funeral because their mother's funeral the rector had had and he had called their mother a sinner. He had merely read the service of prayer. A sheep of thine own fold, a lamb of thine own flock, a sinner of thine own redeeming. The title of Ross Duthat's recent book, Bad Religion, How We've Become a Nation of Heretics, is not an exaggeration. There's no, none that's righteous, no, not one. All have fallen short of the glory. We all need repentance, and especially those who do not know we need repentance. Repentance is the handle on the door of God's love. Secondly, repentance is a matter of the heart, not of the mind. All through the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Amos, Joel, through the Proverbs and the Psalms, it is clear that it is our hearts, not our minds, that need changing and healing. Jeremiah tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. Proverbs says the heart of man is full of evil. A proud heart stirreth up strife. God's promise to Ezekiel was, I will make a new heart and a new spirit. In Psalm 51, a broken and a contrite heart that will not despise. And Jesus says it best. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. This is Matthew 15, verses 18 and 19. It is the heart that is our problem. In Cruden's concordance, which is a, a, an aid that takes any significant word that the scriptures use it and tells you where it occurs all through the Bible, it takes only one column to, to cite all of the references to mind, but it takes eight full columns to define the heart. It is truly and indeed a matter of the heart and not of the, only of the mind. Our heart is, is our problem, is, and it, that's where the problem lies. Thirdly, why does it matter? For 2,000 years, translations of the word repent have falsely called it a change of mind. But it was understanding because that was what the Greek word meant. Meta, change, knowing, mind, change the mind is, is exactly what we use in the scripture because the Greek language had no word for a change of heart. 
the Greeks believe that the uh, knowledge equals virtue, uh, and that behavior follows knowledge. If you knew what you should do, you will do it. Um, I am a walking proof that the Greeks were wrong. <laughs> when I know better, when I knowing better, I ate the third piece of uh, pizza the other day, and uh, I knew I shouldn't have eaten it, but I did. Changing one's mind is not true repentance. Mark Twain pointed out that giving up smoking was the easiest thing in the world. He'd done it a thousand times. Uh, <laughs> to change one's mind does not change one's behavior, but changing one's heart does change behavior. Change of mind, the meaning of the Greek word metanoian, uh, leads to definitions of repentance uh, that we find in dictionaries. What is repentance? The dictionary tells us to feel reproach, to feel sorry, to regret, to be in a state of remorse. This is not what scripture means by repentance. We have been misled by translation. The tragic figure and author E.M. Forster shows us the ill results of this distortion of repentance. Of all, he, one of his figures in his books writes, of all means to regeneration, remorse is surely the most wasteful. It cuts away healthy tissue with the poisoned. It is a knife that probes far deeper than the evil. I have known people like this who thought repentance was feeling bad and regret and remorse. Foster is the author of Where Angels Fear to Spread and Howard's Inn and A Room for View and A Passage to Enter and many more. But his understanding of repentance came from the mistake we find in the dictionary to feel reproach, to feel sorry, to regret, and being in a state of remorse. This is not repentance, but it is understandably a translation of metanoia, a change of mind. But a change of heart is what we need. He carried the baggage of Christian law, Forster did, that left him with remorse and regret without knowing of Christian forgiveness. That Christian forgiveness could have freed him from the baggage of remorse. And I hope there's anyone here today that feels this heavy truth about mere remorse cutting deeper than it needs can hear this invitation to one's heart being changed. Our dear and mutual friend, Ashley Null, helps us with this understanding of Cranmer's doctrine of repentance. He was assured that the whole title of his book would be on the cover, but Oxford University Press uh, reneged, and it only came out at Thomas Cranmer's doctrine of repentance. Well, if repentance means remorse and feeling bad and regret, and you want to know about doc does, uh, Thomas Cranmer's doctrine of it, you want to spend $50 for that? But the, the subtitle is Renewing the Power to Love. God, isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we all need?
And if we don't know we need it, ask the spouse. She'll tell you or he'll tell you uh, how much we need this. Renew the power to love. It is not merely a feeling of remorse or reproach, but rather having a changed heart. What the heart desires, the will chooses and the mind justifies. Have you heard that before? I'm so glad you have. As Jesus teaches us, it is out of the heart that evil comes. To whip and to beat and to be all in remorse about not having willpower. It's just you make willpower a scapegoat. And you're just trying to protect your heart from the change you really need. Because what the heart desires, the will will choose. And the mind will justify. Repentance renews the heart's power to love. This is repentance. This is true repentance, not remorse. The African language, Swahili, has no word for atonement because the Swahilis had no experience of the atonement. The Greeks had no revelation um, and experience of the prophets, Ezekiel and Isaiah and the Psalms, and they didn't have any understanding of Jesus. They had no proper word for repentance. Their word, metanoia, and change of mind, does not express uh, the Christian experience. What are we to do? It is very simple. We just make up another word. And that word I've shared with you before, if you have any memories, it means it is metacardia. It is a change of heart that we are protecting by blaming our willpower. The will will have good power when it, change, it comes out of a heart. It is as if all these years we had taken heart disease patients to psychiatrists rather than cardiologists. It, is, it has led us to a different religion, a religion that occasionally acknowledges that we may have made a mistake or even sin, but now we must control our actions with our minds and with our willpower. This is, I'm afraid, is a popular understanding of Christianity. It's not a religion of freedom. It's a religion of control. It's, always, it's as if Jesus was a teeth-gritting Jesus. He really had a lot of anger and wanted to do it, but he refrained himself from doing it. No, Jesus was free. He didn't have to, because his heart was free. You and I are free not by control, but by the freedom of a changed heart. The prodigal son is a good example for us. He fain would have filled his belly with the husks the swine did eat. We can't seem to translate anything any better than King James. <laughs> he said to himself, I could do better in my father's house. Think about that. There's our repentance for you. I can do better as one of his servants. He has a change of mind. Um, I can do better. There's regret, there is remorse, but there's no change of heart. Until the father, seeing him afar off, had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This reception by the father is what enables true repentance, a change of heart. Cranmer taught us in his prayer of absolution and morning and evening prayer that we have just heard, grant us true repentance after the absolution. 
Thus, repentance comes to the prodigal son and to you and me after we realize the love that has accepted us in Jesus Christ. The father's love was not earned by the pig pen experience of remorse. It has been freely given because it is the very nature of the father. Thank God for regret and remorse. Thank God for the pig pen. Without them, we would likely never come home to the Father. But God's absolution, the Father's forgiveness, is no mere acceptance. It is God's grace squeezing into the bastion of our hearts through the cracks of remorse and regret to increase our power to love. Repentance is the change of heart, metacardia, change, meta, change, cardia, heart. Those of us carrying baggage of sins committed or duties undone need to repent. Not a mere change of mind or feeling or sadness or unworthiness, but a change of heart to increase our power to love. We cannot do that with the willpower of an unclean heart. Advent means coming. The prodigal's true repentance came when he left the pig pen and the father, seeing him from afar off, ran to meet him and embraced and kissed him. As members of the Advent, let us in turn embrace that embrace, that coming of the Lord, that Advent. Amen.